the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Love Radio Network. Get ready to kick up some dirt and mud because it's time for San Diego Off-Road Coalition Radio with Dave Stahl. SDORC is here to further off-roading as a safe family experience while promoting and preserving the natural environment. So whether it's bikes, buggies, trucks, or trikes, San Diego Off-Road Coalition Radio brings you the latest news and initiatives in preserving the use of off-highway vehicles and protecting the land and wildlife at the same time. Because together, everyone achieves more. Now, here is your host, Dave Stahl. Hi, folks. Welcome to SDORC Dirt Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. That's it. Audrey's up in Lake Tahoe, and this segment is brought to you by Alpha Site Logistics. Serving Imperial uh, Valley for over 20 years, they offer portable toilets, hand wash stations, hand wash trailers, shade trailers, dumpsters, and a whole lot more. Give them a call at 760-352-8383 if you're going to hold an event out there. They have all the permits. It'll be easy peasy. Go to Facebook at facebook.com slash alpha logistics, and they will hook you up. So anyway, Audrey's off today, and Ed and I are in the house. Ed, you just came back from uh, Kathy Lynch's memorial in Sacramento. I did, yeah. Flew up for the day. Yeah. How was that? I mean, Well, it was sad. Yeah, um, of course. It's, I mean, I, I enjoy traveling little trips like that a short airplane flight yeah and uh the the traveling was good uh amy granite the uh, executive director of corva picked me up oh. took me over there and so it was held at the sutter club which is across the street from the capitol mm. and, and it's kind of a swanky uh establishment where they have receptions well you think it would be next to the yeah capitol. and I, I'd, I'd been there before our we, we've had lobby days um mm-hmm. there and Years gone by, so I knew about it, and like everybody looks forward to going to the Sutter Club, right? So, so there, there was quite a crowd there, a lot of people. Well, she's been doing this for since 1985. The, wow! She actually went to nursing school, and she was a nurse for a couple of years, and decided she would prefer to um, to advocate for right. people. She'd, yeah, instead of she'd found out about that you could do that as a living, and she's been up there ever since. Wow. Was the memorial for her husband or her? It was just for her. Just for her. So her and her uh, longtime partner, um, they, they both passed away. Right. But this was just about just her. for her. Okay, good. I, so a lot of I always the only thing that's kind of I mean nothing's good about these, but you get to hear some great stories from people that you know. Have known I had no her. idea she was a homecoming queen in her high See, school in Wisconsin. Yeah, and she was a track star also. Wow. In, her, in high school, which is kind of funny because you don't think of the, the track and field star as also being the homecoming yeah. queen. But like you said, she she you know, she wasn't very tall and she wasn't very heavy. So no, you know. she was still still was slim. She would eat a salad. In fact, there's a uh, at the Hyatt restaurant across the way from the Capitol. Like she would just nod to the the waiter and he would bring her her oh. order. 
He knew. He already. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Which was always a salad with uh, with fish on it. So she. Um, by the way, for the listeners who don't know quite what we're talking oh, about, yeah, that might help. <laughs> um, San Diego Off Road Coalition hired a lobbyist uh, to help us starting in nineteen or sorry twenty sixteen for the twenty seventeen legislative session. There was a big bill that had a big effect on off road vehicle use, and I. Um, I, I decided to hire a lobbyist. I wrote a grant request to the uh, ATV and uh, side-by-side company, Polaris, mm-hmm. and they funded me. They gave me a, a lot of money, and I hired Kathy. I found Kathy Lynch. I actually met her at a, a state fish and wildlife meeting, the uh, a commission meeting, where mm-hmm. they were looking at um, species. So I, I was interested in the species they were talking about, and then I heard that Kathy was coming. She also represented a hunting interest, mm-hmm. and they um, had her come down and speak for them. So I, I got to meet her, and I thought she was uh, really great. She came uh, well well recommended. Highly qualified. So we hired her, and like you don't really know what you're going to get I, until you've had them for a while. Right. And, and she exceeded all of our expectations. She really was uh, um, an amazing uh, advocate for us. Mm-hmm. She, she did a great job. So she represented us for 2017. I, I hired her for a specific project for the reauthorization of the off highway vehicle program. And she did such a good job that we brought her on retainer mm-hmm. and retainer means you have them ongoing. Yeah. You just pay her a once a month. We pay her once a month. Right. And then she just helped us with whatever we needed legislatively. Right. And not only uh, we, SDORC, but also the California Off-Road Vehicle Association and the American Sand Association. Those are two other statewide um, advocacy groups for off-road vehicle users. So the three organizations, we pulled our resources and we gave her money every month and, mm-hmm. and she helped us. And she, so she's the fourth lobbyist that I have worked with and she was by far the best. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know what a good lobbyist could or should do until i got with kathy yeah and it turned out boy i learned a lot and um well now you know because we're still looking for another so, lobbyist so so what it. happened so we hired her and in, in late march we got word that she had been murdered and like oh my god how did, of this what, year this year so just a couple months ago two months ago and uh, it all everything points to her adopted son doing that which is just terrible. And she was older when she adopted him. I think mm-hmm. she was in her forties and uh, she'd wanted a, a child and they terrible thing. I looked into the, uh, uh, some newspaper stories and apparently he had been involved in some, some bad behavior. Mm-hmm. So, and he was 19 at the time. So she, uh, she's gone. They had a, a reception for her and lots of her clients were there and she had a lot of clients and, I've looked at various uh, lobbyists that like you can see every lobbyist who's registered in the state mm-hmm. and there are several hundred lobbyists. And what's interesting is most of them only represent their company. So say you uh, say you're a lawyer for a, a big oil company. They might have you registered to lobby so you can go to Sacramento and you can do things on behalf of that company. Was she a lawyer? No, oh. no, she was a nurse. Right, that's what she was a nurse and a lobbyist, and you don't need a you don't need a credential to become a lobbyist. Gotcha. So I, I could go up there, right, and, and sign up. You just fill out the papers, let them know who you are, and you have to disclose things like mm-hmm. who your uh, clients are. 
so there's about 20, 25 of what they call working lobbyists, lobbyists who uh, represent smaller interests. And she's one of that short list. And we hired her and she did a great job. So I went up there and, you know, the overwhelming thing that people said is that Kathy had integrity, that a lot of people think about lobbyists. They don't always think of a lobbyist as, as like a, as a respectable uh, thing to do. And they said, you know, Kathy wasn't just a lobbyist. She was a legislative advocate. Mm-hmm. She helped us with our legislative uh, goals and priorities. Right. That they, so so the people really thought highly of her. Like it's, it's hard to express. Like, like we asked her to do something and she said, no, I would drop you as a client before I would do that. And it wasn't even that bad. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wanted her to help us with a bill that she wasn't really completely keen on. Mm-hmm. So, so she, boy, she had a lot of integrity. Yeah. Yeah. She um, told you straight up. Nope. Not doing that one. Uh, and so people told got up and told their story and I got up and I told my story. Oh, did you? So, yeah. Um, and Bob Ham was there. I mentioned him. Bob Ham is, uh, uh, the patriarch of OHV advocacy in California. He was there when the program was started. He helped mm-hmm. write the, the initial legislation in 1970 and he helped start uh, the California Off-Road Vehicle Association. And he has worked in the Capitol as a lobbyist and as a consultant. And he worked for Imperial County uh, government as the intergovernmental relations person for years. Mm. So he's like super knowledgeable about this stuff. And if I ever have a question, I call Bob. So he was there and I, I mentioned him and yeah. he was happy to be mentioned. Yeah, I bet. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll finish up this on the on the flip side right here on SDORC Dirt Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to SDORC Dirt Radio, <clears throat> FM 96.1, AM 1170. The, the answer. answer. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> All right, so we were talking about, uh, by the way, Wayne Miller's hire. I don't have his phone number. I completely forgot to write it down when I knew Audrey wasn't going to be here. But Wayne Miller tire, easy to find out there in Santee next to the Santee drive-in. Any tire situation you're into from a small trailer to a big semi, uh, Miller could handle it. They also have roadside service. They they also do general repair. You know, if you're looking for a one-stop shop, Wayne is the man. Or if you have a, a problem with your race car at, yeah. at uh, Barona Speedway. Yeah, that's right, because they do will, have a... He will push you right in, into the, to pits. the pits where you need to make your repairs. So you were talking about Bob Lamb, you said? Bob Ham. Ham? Bob Ham, yeah. Would he be a good resource to find a replacement oh, lobbyist? He's been on it, yeah, oh, okay. definitely. He's yeah. He went through the entire list, and he whittled it down to about seven people. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I spoke to three of them while I was up there. So we have ideas. They, they both, all three of them could do a good job representing us. Mm-hmm. So we need to, I don't work by myself now. Right. I work with the coalition. So I'm right. happy to right. talk to them and see. Well, and we, and you've got to find out if it's financially feasible too. Well, would they, would they want to work for what we were paying? Right. Would they want to take us as clients? Right, right, right. So, so there's a lot of uh, ifs. And now this year... This has been the easiest legislative year um, in a long time for us. Like, we don't have any uh, do-or-die bills. We're, uh-huh. we're really going to die on this hill if we don't get what we want. We have two bills that we have on our uh, priority list. 
AB2152 and SB894. So 2152 will allow off-road vehicles to travel a little further on paved roads, if need be, around the city of Needles. And what that does is Needles is not a wealthy city, and a a good part of their economy is based on off-road vehicle use. So what this bill would do, it would allow people who are recreating out in the desert to either come into the town to a restaurant or a repair facility and and get some work done, or they could drive to a hotel if mm-hmm. they wanted to stay the night. So that that would be kind of it. So it'd be a nice thing. Currently, you can go as far as three miles, but with this, it would be up to ten miles, and and that road would have to be uh, officially designated as combined use. Well, they're doing so, it with bicycles. They could do it with, with off road vehicles. Yeah. yeah, and the other bill, which is a been worked on one way or another for a number of years. It's what's called the Red Sticker Bill, uh, SB 894, and local state Senator Brian Jones is carrying this. And this would allow uh, racing vehicles to continue to register their, their motorcycles. And what happened is the Air Pollution Control District of the state, the air pollution people, have said no more race vehicles can get registered unless they pass the emissions. Well, Racing people like high performance more than clean air. And the race bikes, uh, it's a tough thing because we all like clean air, but the guys that ride fast motorcycles, uh, they want their race bikes. So they're not allowed to be used on public land, but there's no provisions made for how to register these racing bikes because they can still be used in races, they can be used on private property, they can be used on racetracks. So this bill will allow those bikes to continue to be registered this is, I think, the fourth or fifth time it's been through the legislature. And each time it, there's been something that bothered the environmental community. And they've, um, they've killed it. They weren't able to get it amended properly. So now it's, it's I, I like the bill, but I'm not crazy about it. So we're hoping it'll pass. It's likely it'll go through. So both of these bills went through their, um, their committees last week. Kathy Lynch's uh, assistant, Anne, she's still up there, and she's still helping us. Mm-hmm. And she's told me that the other day uh, these two bills went through their respective appropriations committees, and they're heading to their opposite houses. So we're keeping an eye on it. And, and Kathy, or Anne, is working for another lobbyist, and I, I, that lobbyist may be somewhere we may end up going. So a couple of us, especially Bob Ham, said, you know, we don't really need a lobbyist this year. Our bills are kind of light. We might just want to wait until next year. So mm. well, that's good. I we, we could you know a the good thing is we could save the money. The the bad thing is we wouldn't be bringing a lobbyist up to speed, mm. right? Because if we hire someone now, they will have to get accustomed to us and familiar with the the players, the people, and, and our issues. And even though this is an easy year, it's a good learning year. For mm-hmm. So, like I said, I'll be working with the other other leaders, and we'll we'll be deciding yeah. in the coming months or whatever. So, right, it's May. It's kind of early, but it's like more than halfway through the legislative cycle. It, uh, oh well, it ends in September. Mm. Like that's the last any bill gets. Um, I think even August. I think is when the last bill goes through the committees. Well, if I was involved in any of this, I think what I would do is I would be work between now and September on looking for 
a replacement lobbyist. I don't know if I would necessarily, you know, if the bills are light and you can piggyback with, you know, her assistant, you know, that's, I think I would put all my efforts into finding somebody that fits. And it should be, you know, somebody that likes what you guys are doing. Yeah. Which helps. It, it definitely helps. And you sort of have to walk a tightrope with this because you need somebody who likes our form of recreation, mm-hmm. but they also need to be able to work in Sacramento where a lot of the people are, are more uh, liberal. Right. They're, they're more Democrat leaning. So we sort of need to walk that line. And in some lobbyists, they say, I don't have a political affiliation. I was just going to say, I don't think. Like one of them, she said, a woman, like, I don't. I'm not registered for either. Don't try to pin me down to one side or the other. I will help the client that I think is appropriate to help. Right. Well, the content of the bill, too. If a, if a bill makes sense or if it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Because as you were talking about with Kathy, you got to have some form of integrity. It really helps if if you want to be successful up yeah. there. Integrity, it it is really important. It, it's hard to express how important. We, we hired... we. I personally fired two lobbyists for lack of integrity. Um, the other one, we let him expire. I won't say he didn't have integrity, but he wasn't very proactive. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really helping us. So we, we let his contract expire. So it's, you know, you don't run across a great lobbyist every time. No, no, no. Nor- and and there, are, there are some great lobbyists up there. There's wonderful people that will help you with mm-hmm. your legislative needs. And we have legislative needs. The off-road vehicle program in California really goes through California state government. There's the state parks. Uh, Part of state parks runs the off-road program. And now there's an awful lot of off-roading that's not state parks, like in federal land. Mm. And there's also some local stuff. Well, those people, those agencies get uh, state parks grants. And millions and millions of dollars goes out. So that goes through the state parks California state system. Mm-hmm. So having a state lobbyist is really important for that. I would love to have a federal lobbyist too. And I, I think in the, in the, not in too the far of off in not too far future, I'm going to work on that. I'm still, I got my hands full with a lot of stuff and, and working full time. Uh, so we're, we're working on it. We'll see what we do. Yeah. But those are the only two that are really standing out. So now you the, said the two bills. Yeah. yeah. And there's about four other bills that were we were keeping an eye on and I, I need to get back into those because what happens is the bill when it goes to a committee it can become amended mm-hmm. and it starts out fine and then it could get changed to hurt you or right. conceivably could get changed to help you I, I don't really see that happening to our group but it's possible but you never know you can't so there's there's one bill in particular that really i wanted to watch that had to do with um state parks forming uh general plans for parks mm-hmm. so every every park has a, a plan like what you can do what you can't mm-hmm. do and so a couple of the off-road parks are forming plans right now and i would hate to see something go wrong with that so i i that, yeah. that's a good reminder i'm going to look into that write that down okay <laughs> well it helps if you write it down you'll I, remember it quicker than if you don't write it down and for those of you who are listening, I have my paper and pen out here, and I, I do take notes. Yes, I does. bring in a, a an agenda for things to talk <laughs> about. And I don't always get to everything, but but I have it here. Yes. So. So some other stuff on the agenda. Uh, Mountain Dash. Last weekend, I was not in the studio. Right. I was putting on a a motorcycle event that was part street and part dirt. It was a fundraiser for the San Diego Adventure Riders 
and the San Diego Off-Road Coalition. We, we sort of split the money. Mm-hmm. And we actually made money. I was thrilled. Really? I was so nervous about this. I lost more sleep about this event <laughs> than I have on anything in, in years and years. But we put on a... Uh, well, well, here's what, what the problem is, is there are certain fixed costs, right? So we rented a, a, a space at a campground, a group space, mm-hmm. and they didn't have a bathroom, so we had to hire a, bring in a porta potty mm-hmm. and uh, we had to get insurance, we're making t-shirts, we had to hire someone for dinner. So there's these fixed costs, so you need so many people. We needed about 30-something people to, to break even. How many did you have? Well, what's funny is we set up online registration. We got it going. This was months ago. And right off the bat, we had two people sign up. And then nobody signed up for like six weeks. And I'm going out of my mind. So we ended up with 41 people uh, online. And then at the beginning of the event, we had another eight people sign up. And we had a couple of donations. So we, we did pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So we, we got over the hump. We made some money. Well, not bragging, but I think KUSI probably didn't hurt. You know, it's funny. Uh, and for the listeners out there, Dave invited... Uh, some of us with the group, with the San Diego Adventure Riders, to come on KUSI in the morning. And so we brought our motorcycles in, and we had them there. And Dave walked around and talked to each of the riders. Right. And uh, that and was pretty entertaining. And they were grumping and great. It's early in the morning. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't hear any I wonder that. if it's really going to work. And nor, nine times out of ten, I very rarely have heard anybody say that they didn't get any response. Well, you know, people at the event said, oh, we found out about it on TV. And that's all it takes. And, and there's a couple of people that saw it on TV, and then a couple of people who saw it. Um, you send us the file, and we can put it right. on Facebook. And right. they, they said, "Well, we saw it on Facebook." Right. Well, and so that's we the whole the TV that, show on Facebook. That's the whole purpose, because you know, and it's so funny too, because I have people coming to me all the time and say, "Hey, can you guys bring a camera <clears> out, <throat> truck out to the the day of the event?" I go, "Why?" Why do you want it the day of the event? I mean, everybody's going to see it. doesn't help anyone to no, get they're out they're all going to see it and say, oh, wow, I wish I'd have made plans. Mm-hmm. So I always try to get them in at least a week, usually a week early. That way, people seem to be out about a week. And then once they realize it, and of course, I try to tell all of my friends that ride dual sports, you know, to hook up. Because it sounds to me like it was a, it was a pretty good event. It was a, it was a good event. It, it was well attended. Everyone had fun. Uh, probably, and if probably if we need, <laughs> well, if you we do, do it again. I will, I will probably have to be in charge again. Yeah. And like listeners, I have a lot of other stuff on my plate, right. but I think I can make room. It's well, it, it, and the second one will be easier. Yeah. And probably better. Well, the more you do, that's why when people say, "Oh, this thing was so much work," uh, you know, like I'm not doing this again. Well, then, what'd you do it for in the first place? You know, you almost have to look like the May ride that Clint August does, you know, and that's a, almost a full time job because he's, this is his 20th so, year. So get this uh, week before my caterer called, uh, texted me and said, I'm in the hospital with heart trouble. Marty, oh. Marty Tribes. Oh, really? Like, oh, my God. Is he OK? He's OK. He answered texts. He's still alive. I don't really know how he is. <laughs> Did he that. cater? No, no. I had to find someone else. Oh, let's I take found- a, let's take a quick break right here on <laughs> FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to SDORC Dirt Radio, FM 961, AM eleven seventy. The answer. This segment is brought to you by 
S&S Off-Road Magazine. If you do anything off-road, then you are sure, I'm sure you know about S&S because these guys have been doing a phenomenal job since the 80s supporting the off-road community, whether it's desert, mountains, you name it. Uh, it's really, uh, and it's online now, so it's really easy to get to, ssorm.com. Just go to ssorm.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. Ed writes a couple articles a month in there. It's got a great classified section. Sherry loves to get the family involved. Father's Day is coming up. So right now she's looking for Father's Day photos for an up-and-coming uh, you know, edition of SNS. So And teardown photos. I need to get mine in. Oh, she like for the summertime. A lot of people like oh build yeah, yeah, their yeah. vehicles for the next desert. Summer. Right, right, right. I have a motorcycle with a crank out, so I, there you go. I so perfect. Get her that. I got to get it in. Like my deadline was a few days. ago. Write it down on a piece of paper. Right. Okay. So another thing, you things it should be things to do. Picture first, Sherry. Yeah. So we were talking about your uh, dual sport event. Um, what fun! Oh yeah, and Marty. Backed out at the last minute. Well, yeah, unfortunately. Drives, I mean, I understand he had a heart attack and was in the hospital. Well, he actually had a heart attack? I think so. Oh, or, yeah, it was a mild he stroke. Had, he said it was heart trouble and he was in the hospital. Oh. So Marty was catering. You know, his marinated chicken and his stuffed mushrooms are legendary. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I thought, oh, my God. Marty is the guy. Everybody knows and loves Marty. Right. So I invited him to help us cater the event and... Went round and round with him. Like I told you, I How's had a little he doing now? Have you heard? He answered the text saying he's okay, but he's still got to lay low. Okay. All right. He's still resting. So what you need to do now, you know, like next, you know, you need to do second and third. And then maybe even, you know, once if it gets big enough, you know, start working with some of the dual sport dealers. You know, get yeah, them. yeah, that's a big thing. Is yeah, not. you got to get them involved. If you get them in, because they don't, you know, if they don't even know that there's an outlet for their, for what they sell. Then next thing you know, you know, after you get the dealers involved, then you can get with corporate, you know, maybe even give away a dual sport. Stranger that things. That would be nice. All you, you gotta do raffle is, off some stuff. All you got to do is ask. And then when you do that, then you have to come up with a charity of some some form. I'm putting my hand up. Yeah. I know a charity. Yeah, not you. San Diego Off-Road Coalition. Well, you could do that, too, or you could that's, even that's do it for would. maybe... You know, I'm sure there's a group out there that takes care of uh, injured riders. <clears throat> yeah, there is. Uh, Can't think of it off the top of your head. But, you know, things like that, you know, for example, you know, a rider goes down and all of a sudden, heaven forbid, paralyzed or and he's married and got a family. So there's we've done group stuff for them and also for uh, veterans that have had problems. Right. That are injured or, or paralyzed. Yeah. So, so they. So I'm just saying. There's I mean, plenty of of causes out there. Yeah. I'm just saying that there's plenty. I mean, you know, because it sounds to me like everybody had a great time, and you know, but like you said, you know as well as I do. Anytime you organize anything, it's tons of work. You know, and you think you would have learned from, from the other stuff I've done. Yeah. Well, I knew I knew how to put all the pieces together, right? So there's a lot of details, but if you know how to put all the, you know, okay, yeah. we're going to start here, we're going to end there, right? I knew about all the pieces. So and then you just need to start getting people that'll work with you, so you don't end up doing it all yourself. That's the hard part. That's the hard delegating. And I've, you know, all my life I've done motorcycle races and events, and 
I, I would just show up, I'd pay my money, and I would participate. Right. So now I'm a little older, and I can be on the other side. I can help put on these quality events for mm-hmm. other people to enjoy. So you, it's part of the, the process. Yeah, it's just a little bit more work. <laughs> but no, that's, that, that's good that you raise money for SDORC and, you know, and the uh, dual sport. Riders Association, I guess is what they call it. Or is San it Diego Adventure? Adventure Riders. Adventure Riders. So that's both dual sport and the, the bigger bikes. that. And uh, let these guys ride. know, anytime they're doing an event you know, away from you, you know, all you got to do is reach out to me. I, I mean... Either the radio or the television. Or both. It doesn't, you know, we can help them out radio here, and we can help them out. T- TV is, is a no-brainer. And, uh, you know, just keep them alive and well. Because and, I have a feeling that sport is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. That that segment is growing. Yeah. You know, years back, I, I went into a, the San Diego Harley-Davidson shop, and I was carrying a jacket and a helmet, but you couldn't really tell what I rode in on. Mm-hmm. And the, the salesman comes up to me, and he goes, sport bike or cruiser? And I go, dual sport. Mm-hmm. He didn't even <laughs> they know didn't, you... Like, they didn't even register back then. Like, well... That's Har- either we're on one side or the other. Harley just... Have they just... No, they're not even in a dual sport, are they? Well, they have the Pan American. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And I didn't see one on our ride, but they're out there. You know, they sold out of their first allotment. They sold out yeah. pretty quick. And- Clint August had one. He brought it to KUSI. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I've hooked him up with some of the manufacturers since you won't do it. Uh, there. So Me and my full-time job. Yeah. That's a neat well, bike. He's got a full-time job, too. And, but, uh, yeah, so he's hooked up now with Kawasaki uh, Ducati, Harley. I think that's about it right now. I wanted, you know, when we were down there, I thought, oh my God, I have all these dedicated motorcycle guys. We should have some test bikes down here from some shops. Like, oh, why don't we bring in some? No, that's where you get it from the, the manufacturer because they're all there. They have press bikes. Uh, we should have brought some and then press, press bike. Well, if they would have right, known, next you were, year we're going to plan ahead. Well, if you they, have these guys there, yeah, but that doesn't work. I we're mean, right on a curvy road; they could all try them on. But I'm just saying, you know, if you call up Kawasaki, Suzuki, or whoever, and say, "Hey, I'm doing a uh, you know adventure rider on this weekend. Can you bring your press fleet down?" And they'll bring. You should see the the display when they set up; it's massive. And all you do is you sign a waiver. And off you go. I did make a mistake. Is I rode a um, a KTM 690. Yeah. Yeah, I need to have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a really neat bike. That's, There's a lot of... Well, that's... It's that, both refined and it's just an angry bike. Yeah. You hold that throttle on and let it rev. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, see, that's the problem that Clint's getting himself into. He's had a Kawasaki, a dual sport, for two months. They won't yeah. come get it. What do you mean? Well, he, he says, bought well, it, but he won't pick no, it up. No, he didn't buy it. They loaned oh. it to him. And he won't go get it? No, oh. they won't. They won't get they it? They haven't come and picked it back up yet. Oh, he still has it. He still has. He's had oh. it for two months. Well, maybe I'd better go hold it for him. Well, I'm just saying. So he, yeah. you know, is, he, he gets it. KLR? You know what it is? I don't I think it is a KLR. But the, the craziness about it, the, the bike manufacturer, so I'll get a car for a week, uh-huh. and they'll give you a bike for a month. You know, I, I contacted Kawasaki. Uh, the guys that I went with uh, last December with Brian Jones. Remember, I went with the group oh, yeah, in the yeah, desert. Yeah. So there's a couple of guys from Kawasaki. So I had their contact, and I let them know the event's taking place. Yeah. And Did you follow up? I sent them an email, and then I didn't follow up. 
And what happened? I never heard from him. Right. You need to make a phone call. There is a thing called a phone, and it works really, really well. I you can know. Well, I mean, I and, and, and I'll tell Dave's you how mentor. I'll tell you how crazy it is. Every once in a while, I'll call the car manufacturer to ask him what do they have in the fleet, uh-huh. and it just blows them away that, that that I took the time to talk to them. Because then we talk about other things, you know, we shoot the crap, you know, what's going on here, what's going on there, and usually every time I do that, I'm almost guaranteed whatever car it was I was looking for, I'll get it. That's how I end up with uh, uh, McLarens. You know, all you do is just call up and ask and say, hey, I see this is out there, you know. And and listeners, like if you only listen to our show, Dave has a car show and he gets a different car every week. And I've seen him pull up in in like a Prius, like like from from the bottom Kia. (laughs) To the top. One day he pulls up with a McLaren. Right. I mean, this thing is worth as much as my house. (laughs) And And mine too. You should have seen Audrey's jaw drop. Oh, yeah. Gave her a test drive. Oh, and yeah. I think Nicole might have got in yeah, with you. They got Nicole got in. Boy. See, left- I, knew, I knew not to take you because you'd sell your house. Oh, my God. Did you leave traction control on? Oh, yes. When you hit it? Oh, yeah. I don't. You don't t- want to wreck that. No, thing. I don't want to wreck it. I don't want to have to pay for it. But I'm just saying, you know, this is why I keep telling you guys you're, you're doing an hour's radio, one segment could be a product review it could be a motorcycle it could be a dual sport it could be a race bike it could be whatever you want it to be and all you have to do is contact them and say send me the bike i'll do a review on radio and they'll do it because it's free advertisement you know they got the bike yeah there anyway well they're in the fleet for a reason yeah to give and then some i mean i got a buddy of mine mark vaughn He's been taken to Europe and no. cruised Europe on certain uh, – he's big into dual sports as well. I, I read magazines. I read motorcycle magazines. Like, there's ones I never miss. Yeah. And, like, okay, we're in Sicily testing well, the new – That's – Oh, my God. And you have that ability if you would just – but what you would need to do is you need to do the radio, and then you need to either do a YouTube, you know, not real long, just a short YouTube – uh, and then so people can follow you, you know, I don't know. I, you do know, Dave. If I would have started work a little harder on that. Well, it's not working harder. It's working <clears throat> smarter for your retirement because this is what you want to do when you retire. Because you're not going to make any money. If they send you to Europe, you're not going to make it. They're going to pay for everything. Well, that's, but that's plenty. You want to do like what I'm doing. Like, I mean, this, over there and ride somebody's bike around Barcelona. Right. Yeah. And they put you in five star hotels, gear, gear cup. Oh, you got to get a little bit closer now. You're drifting. Um, you know, then gear companies. You know, people that do you know helmets and oh, they need say and new stuff because there's a lot of new products coming out of the market every day. So anyway, we digress. We but, digress. Yeah, but I love motorcycles. I advocate for off road vehicle users, but I particularly personally love motorcycles. Right. I'll drive an ATV, a side-by-side, or a four-wheel drive, but I would rather be on two wheels. Well, and that's what I'm saying. And there's, and you still haven't gone down and picked up an electric Zero. They're not off-road vehicles. They are, they, too. They have an off-road. They have a dual sport, but look at the tires. They're but they also Navi tires. So what? It's an experience to add to your portfolio when somebody says, well, what have you been riding? <laughs> oh, I just ride my bikes. Well... <laughs> 
No, we're not going to talk to you. Get out, go away. But if you say, "Well, I've been on the zero, I've been on the KO," and then you, you know, you can start right. with the local. Do you think I, I run down to Rocket and talk to them? Yeah, I told you. Just go down and tell them I sent you. Right. And Mark let you. is gone, but someone else. I know. There's just, just there tell. Now. Just tell. I don't know. Uh, just tell them that you you do a radio show on KCBQ with Dave Stahl, and you know he keeps bugging me to come down here and wants to know if you have the. A zero demo that I can take, and I'll do an article. I mean, I'll do a review uh, on radio. And if you want to be part of the interview, you can come into the studio, or I'll just do it myself. And then, and then that's free advertisement. Start with the dealer network, you know, because in that way, yeah, the local they can get to know me. Then they can then call they get to know. Then them. they'll tell you who to talk to. All right, let's take a quick break. This is SDORC Dirt Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Saying, won't you ever learn? All right, folks. Welcome back to SDORC Dirt Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, you got bugs? Well, we got somebody that could catch them for you. K&J Termite and Pest Control. Family owned and operated. Plus, they're big off-roaders. The whole family, generation after generation, been doing this for 45 years. Your family health is extremely important to them, and that's who you need to hook up with. So give them a call at 619-441-7378. Tell them thank you for supporting S-D-O-R-C Dirt Radio. All right. So you had some Oceana Dunes news, didn't you? I got a few things. So Oceana Dunes made two announcements uh, in the past week that they lost one lawsuit and they filed another one. Which so, one did they lose? So they lost the dust suit with the air pollution control. Okay, got to get closer. You know, take the mic and just do it like that. Get right in. Yeah, turn I've, turn the whole thing because it just gets, this is ridiculous. Like straight we, into it? Yeah, just like that. Like yeah, just just like that. Okay. Okay. I, yeah, I, y'all want to hear me. Yeah. So um, Oceana Dunes, a uh, little background on there. That's an off-road park on the coast. It's, it's near San Luis Obispo, and it's... Um, the only place in the state you can drive a vehicle on the beach. And it's also the only place, the only beach you can camp on. You could literally put a sleeping bag on the sand mm-hmm. and spend the night there for $10. It's an off-road park. It's a state off-road park. And some people have been coming after it in recent years. Even 20 years ago, people have been uh, coming after it. And not too long ago, last year, the uh, Coastal Commission denied the permit uh, renewal for it. So in another couple of years, they're going to require it to be closed. So there's a group, Friends of Oceana Dunes, who advocates for the park. And they have, uh, I don't know, four lawsuits running right now. And one of them is against the Coastal Commission. Also, the air pollution people are coming after them. And, and the thing about the air pollution is that the way the topography is at Oceana Dunes is there's two mountain ranges on either side, north and south, at kind of an angle, and the onshore wind gets funneled into this area, and the wind is pretty strong. Now the tides go in and out, and the sand comes to the beach, and when the tide goes down, the strong wind blows the sand inland, and for centuries, eons, there's been sand dunes, like miles inland from the beach. There's this area of sand dunes, and so when vehicles started becoming popular in the early 1900s, I think there's a picture of a of a really early car driving in the sand in 1910 mm. where the body was removed it's 
just a person in a seat and an engine and a frame and four wheels. It's very, very rudimentary, but they're driving around having fun. So this place is old. The wind blows, the sand blows. Well, in recent years, some communities have been built inland of the dunes, and the people are complaining about sand and dust blowing into their homes, and they're saying it's not healthy. And so the air pollution people are cracking down on state parks saying off-road vehicle use is causing the sand to blow. Well, there's, there's some contention there. People are arguing because the sand has been blown for years, years and years. In fact, there's, uh, I don't know, 100 years ago, some people planted a bunch of eucalyptus trees to uh, block the sand from going into the fields. Well, some of the fields have turned into homes, some expensive homes, and the homeowners want to be able to see the ocean, so the, the developer cut down the trees, and now the people are complaining that the dust is coming. <laughs> so they bought a home just inland from an off-road park, and the developer cut down the trees, and the people are complaining about dust. Right, and blame the only one to blame it on. It makes me insane. Why don't you just plant the tree back? Okay, and then wait 100 years. It <laughs> takes a long time. And eucalyptus trees, you go to UCSD, you'll see thousands and thousands of them. But they're not native, right? They're, some people say they're, they shouldn't be there because they're not native. Well, you look at any of those houses, look at all the plants around the houses, how much of that is native? Mm. Then you go over to the farms, how much of that is native? So None of it. People are kind of funny the way they, over here we have to have only indigenous plants, and over here anything goes. Yeah, anything goes. It makes me crazy. So the... Uh, the, the first lawsuit is about 130 acres. They wanted state parks closed to comply with the air pollution control district over dust. So they went back and forth, and state parks is now officially closing it. Uh, Friends of Oceana Dunes doesn't like it. They don't think it's appropriate, but it's closed for now. The other lawsuit, it's also about... Um, so that's the one they lost? So that's the one they lost, yeah, the dust control um, and 130 acres. So, and 130 acres doesn't sound like much. If you go to Akatia Wells with 80,000 acres, mm -hmm. that's just a drop in the bucket. But Oceana Dunes, it's been whittled down to, I don't know, maybe one square mile or so, which is 660 acres. So it's a big percentage of that park, mm -hmm. the 130 acres being closed. So it's, that's a hill that we would die on. Like we would pull out all of our favors. You know, we would pay the lobbyist extra. We, we would, Pay the lawyer. So that, that's one of those things you really want to try to win. The other one, it's about a dust rule that they said was unfair. Rule 1001. And I don't know the details about the rule, but Friends of Oceana Dunes uh, sued and they won. Now, in between the time when the rule was implemented, and when the lawsuit was completed, state parks had spent about a little bit over a million dollars uh, complying with the rule. Right? They spent a lot of, of money. Of our money. Of taxpayers' money, yeah, right. especially the off-road or vehicle users' mm -hmm. taxpayer money. So the, uh, the dust rule was overturned, and now friends, uh, they sued the Air Pollution Control District saying that they have to pay parks the million dollars that they spent. So they won that lawsuit. That was a couple of years ago. Well, the air pollution people have not given state parks any money. 
Right. So this lawsuit, they're saying they're forced, this is a lawsuit that forces the air pollution people to pay state parks. So that was just filed. They're probably going to win. And what will happen is the air pollution people will have to give state parks that money, and then state parks can use that money to help in all the stuff that they do to help off-roading. Right. So. It just, it's so, t- you know, and you can just smell corrupt. Uh, you can. You know. I mean, I can't help it. I mean, when it, it, it when it doesn't, it's just like, and I shouldn't get into this, but like. Oh, go ahead. The left doesn't want to ha- have you show an ID when you vote. That I, I, I'm not going to go left or right. But no, within, but I'm just saying. Within when this, it doesn't make sense, there, it, then there's something not right. So when we were last year, there was three people from three different parts of the government that were vocally against off-roading at Oceana Dunes. The county supervisor, a guy from the Air Pollution Control District, and a, and a guy in the Coastal Commission. And it was just kind of odd how much they were against us especially the county supervisor, because off-roading brings a lot of money to that area. And by not liking off-roading, he was kind of constricting all those businesses that make a... Yeah, but he doesn't care about them. He's getting all his money from the real estate conglomerate. I I had a theory that the people that that developed the the housing over here, and that's a very wealthy company. That's Shea Home. Mm -hmm. That's a a more than a billion-dollar company. That they were doing some funny business with these people. Mm-hmm. And I, I was even interested in bring, having SDRC hire a, an investigator to look into it. And I spoke to an investigator, a guy that I went to school with, and he said, oh, yeah, a company like that, they, they, that's how they do business. Like, there's, there's nothing questionable. Mm-hmm. If, if they do or not, he says, yeah, they have people who do that. Wow. Like, so they have a lawyer on, who works for them, and part of his job is to spread money to the right places and, and stop the squeaking and make things move a little, a little bit easier. Jesus. So that, that definitely takes place. Did they actually give these people in these, ag- these two agency staff and the elected person money? I don't know. How yeah. do I know? Yeah. But I do know that the county supervisor got in trouble, and he actually committed suicide. Right. That was uh, Adam Hill. So... And, and it likely came out that he was taking money from marijuana people also. So it wouldn't surprise me that he also was taking money from these Sure. Guys. So Jeez. there's still funny business. I mean, it's nothing like Russia, but we, there's still funny business in American politics. Well, money is the problem. You know, money is, is you know, will definitely get people it to make, do the, things they wouldn't normally do. On some other notes, uh, the Lakeside Parade a few weeks ago, Audrey coordinated the San Diego Off-Road Coalition's uh, float in the parade, which was a bunch of off-road vehicles. Well, we got the Grand Marshal Best Overall Award. We got a a plaque for that. We're pretty proud. That was fun. And that is not only the Lakeside Parade, but that's the parade right before the Lakeside Rodeo. Right. Big rodeo. And that's the biggest thing to happen in Lakeside all year. Right. In the springtime. So that's really fun. I'm surprised she got it after yelling at the policeman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know why he was doing uh, and there's an election in a couple of weeks. And we have a couple of friends running for some offices that we'd like to say hello to. So Brian Pepin is running for Poway City Council, and Andrew Hayes is running for Lakeside School Board. So you're endorsing them. So we love those two guys. All right. They've both been to SDRC meetings, and we wish them nothing but the best. 
All Brian right. Pepin is the president of the Lincoln Club, if you know what that is. Okay. So, All right. Well, hey, this has been fun. We'll see you next week. Audrey should be back and uh, look forward to your second annual uh, dual sport event uh, next year. Mountain Dash. Mountain Dash FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.